Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Indeed, Heavenly Father, when we call that beautiful name of Jesus Christ, all those walls come tumbling down and they are broken in the holy name of Jesus Christ. It is the power of the anointing that breaks that yoke. And we've been given the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. We confess it tonight. We proclaim it tonight. We release the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And we all agree and we shout, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much. It is always so profound when you have a certain sermon title just how the music just sets that platform I couldn't have chosen the words better concerning that song that was played and wow how powerful that is but it's truly wonderful to be in the house of God ministering God's word unto you and we welcome also our online viewers <clears throat> and it's great to see the family here and to be with the family online you're always precious and you know our purpose and our desire is always for you to draw closer to God, to get to know who our Savior is. And if you look at tonight's title, there's a heavenly calling waiting for us. Now, we will talk about that shortly. But I want to start in this way. You know, we've been talking about the Feast of Tabernacles that is coming up now. I want to take you just quickly to something that is lying ahead in the future. And it, this pertains to Israel. And if I talk a little bit about this, just bear with me. Because all the blame I lay before Pastor Harold's feet. Because, because he's the one who's always taught us, look in the word of God, what God speaks through Israel, because God speaks through Israel to the world. And this is what I want to point out to you. Now, Israel is having their Feast of Tabernacles soon. Their date for their Feast of Tabernacles is on the 9th to the 16th of October. Right before that, a few days before that, they have what you call Yom Kippur, which is then there what they call the Day of Atonement, their most holy day amongst the Jews. And right before that, a few days before that, they have Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year. Significant is that it's the year 5783. Now, I don't want to go into all of this. I say this for a particular reason, because here is something that reached my ears, and I suppose many of you will know about this. I know Pastor Adult will know about this, because he's always in the world, always knowing what is happening in Israel. But a couple of days ago, on the 15th of September, at 5 p.m., five red hyphas arrived in Israel at the Ben-Gurion airport. Now, for those of you who know, you will know immediately what I'm talking about, but why hyphas? Why red hyphas? Five of them. You know, Israel, they have been preparing to build the third temple, and so many things have already been prepared and have made, been made ready to start the third temple. Why is it significant to us? I'm building up here. Just understand why I'm doing this. Because the third temple must be built because when the Antichrist comes during the tribulation period, in the middle of that, he's going to offer a sacrifice and desecrate the temple by it. And him, the Antichrist, and Israel will separate that particular agreement that they have. So if it means that Israel is getting so ready for that temple, it tells us how close the catching away of the church is. Now, the red hyphen is significant for this reason. 
They cannot commence with anything concerning the building because for the offering and the services that Israel want to do, there has to be a purification because no Jew up until today will come on the Temple Mount because they see themselves as defiled. They have to purify themselves to be, appear before God. And the red heifer is the key to this because when the red heifer was offered as an offering, it was deemed as the only animal, unblemished, unyoked, to be there to take away and remove the sin. It was the offering to purify them. They would take the ashes of that heifer, put it in water, and they would use that water then as the purification for every person who wants to then work and serve in the temple of God. All the other things, they've got... They've got all the vessels ready, like the, the, the harps that they are using, that, that, that is being prepared. They've got, they've got the priestly lineage of 500 Jewish men, tracing them back to the tribe of Levi, already ready. And on the 15th, listen to the date, 15 at 5 o'clock, five red heifers arrived in Israel. Let us not be asleep. The coming of our Lord is far closer than what we can anticipate. We must be ready. We must be so ready. We cannot be caught asleep. God speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through Israel. And we have to see what is happening in that nation because it is a warning unto us. Everything we know concerning God's Word, everything we know must tie up with what we know in here. This world is trying its very best to distract us from what's happening out there. We are caught up by the things of the world and we read these things and we talk about this and we encourage one another to become discouraged and we move away from God's word. I say this with a particular reason. It is a, here's something I wanna to explain to you. And this I read to you, this is what I got. And you can watch this. I got this from the Temple Institute and all in Jerusalem and also from the uh, Israel365.com website. You can read the same thing about the Red Hypha. This is what it said. When the new year starts, the year 5783, between the 25th and the 27th of September, listen to what they say. In two weeks, Israel will begin with that year, 5783. It is the year in which the ceremony of the Red Hypha will be performed. That's according to the years. They say this is an acronym and it means it will be the year of the red heifer of redemption. The Jews are expecting their redemption from God. God is speaking to us. For us, there is a heavenly calling. And if our eyes are fixed upon this world, we are missing it. We are totally missing it. I have said these things because I wanted to get you in a specific frame of mind. Fix our attention and our hearts right now on God in the heavens. Remove anything that holds you back. Anything that is from the flesh, anything that is distracting you, remove that and focus now on God alone in the heavens. And let's go then to God's word in the book of Hebrews, chapter number three. I wanna read a few verses there. If my voice is a bit grocky and a bit hoarse, I'm not practicing to become the next Rod Stewart. Just please bear with me. I've just seen how the enemy is attacking, but God will not silence the voice of his people. He will not silence the voice. So we read God's word because God speaks. God speaks through his word. So let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 1. And I want to point out, I'm reading out of the New King James. I'm going to point back to four different translations because of one particular word that changed a lot of things here. So let's read together. It says there in verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, 
considered the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, verse 2, who was faithful to him who is God, who appointed him Jesus, as Moses also was faithful in all of his house. Then let's go to verse 12. We'll read verse 12, 13, and 14. So verse 12 of that same chapter says this, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's what sin does. It deceives us. It deceives us, and we must understand the power of sin. It deceives us. Verse 14, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Just those five verses. Now, the thing that I want to point out is right there in the start of verse number one. It says there, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. If you go to the King James Version, the Young's Literal Translation, the ASV and the ESV, it says there, partakers of a heavenly calling. That is the correct translation. That means there is a very specific heavenly calling that God has for each and every single one of us. I'm not sure if you know about this. If you didn't, then tonight you know it. And here is the thing about this calling. Listen to what God says here. Holy brethren. That means holy sons and daughter of the Most High God. It is the only way that we qualify for this particular calling. But if God calls out for a heavenly calling, how do we get there? Because we are here on the earth. And here is the fact. We don't get to the heavenly calling unless we successfully complete the earthly calling. And I want to point out a few things. Just in verse 1, I want to point out things so that you may understand because the power of the Scripture points us to this fact. We have a heavenly calling. Have you wondered what is waiting for us in the heavens? Do you know what is coming after this life expires? Do you know, apart from walking in the streets of gold, of all the things that God has prepared for us. And I will prove to you through God's word some of the things that are awaiting the heavenly calling. But it is conditional to the holy ones. In other words, there is by default a disqualification for people. And we may think because we are saved and salvation is the qualification here, but we have to be very sure that we are saved. There can be no playing games. There can be no uncertainty because it is not just saying at some point in our lives, I am saved. I receive Jesus. Where is the proof of that in our lives? Can it be seen that we are saved? It must never just be words. It must be in our actions. And this is what we are going to get to. But going back to verse 1, let me tell you what the Word of God says. It says there, because we are partakers of a heavenly calling, which is specific. Then it says there, it, the Word says, consider, consider this. This means immediately, focus Pay attention then to who? To him who is the apostle and the high priest, Christ Jesus. Why do God give these two titles to our Lord? Because God is in heaven and he wants us to go to the heaven. And now he says, I will show you what I'm doing and I will show you how to get there. I'm sending 
Christ the apostle. What is an apostle? A sent out one. The father sent his son Jesus to the earth to redeem us. Then he says the high priest and the son went back to the heavens to come and place that offering on our behalf. He intercedes on our behalf before the father to prepare the heavenly calling that we have. This is ours. We must take it, but we must understand this. The heavenly calling doesn't stand separate from the earthly calling. The earthly calling is the journey we walk here on life. That is the temporal walk. That is only the dress rehearsal for what lies ahead. And then he goes, how is it that Christ our Savior was accepted by what, what, what he did? For the next, the next verse is exactly this. It says here, he was faithful to the Father who appointed him. It is our qualification to enter into the heavens by faith alone. If we don't have that faith who Christ is, we will not get into the heavenly calling. There are a few things that I want to point out today. <clears throat> Pardon me. There is an earthly calling and there is a heavenly calling. Israel had an earthly calling. Israel was taken out of Egypt into the desert, the wilderness, so that they can enter into the promised land. That was the earthly calling for them. And why do I use Israel? Because we have to focus on Israel because they're always the type for us as believers and for the church because God speaks through Israel to all the nations to come. Then our Lord Jesus had an earthly calling. He was called to come to manifest in human form to die for our sins. This was his earthly calling. He was obedient to the Father to come down to die for our sins. That was his call on earth. You and I have an earthly calling. God has called us in two ways. There's a very specific call and there's a very general call. The general call that we have is the one to, unto salvation. Everyone on this earth is called unto salvation. That is why Christ came. But then there's a specific call that God has in our lives. That is God's will and His purpose for each and every individual's life. And if you do not know what your specific call is, then it's something that you must wrestle with God because the general call of salvation is just proof that, that, that Christ has died for our sins. The specific call, we do it through becoming a witness and bearing fruit. If you are not a witness for Christ, if you do not bear fruit, then there is no evidence that you are walking in a specific call of life for, for, um, of God for your life. So we have that particular call. Then there's a heavenly call. Israel had a heavenly call. It was God's will that they all enter into the heavens. It was His will. They walked from it, but it was God's will. He had planned for Israel to accept Him and to accept His Son, but they walked fr away from it. That is why <clears throat> the rapture is going to come for the church and then the tribulation because it calls in the word of God, Jacob's trouble. God is coming for Israel so that they can accept who Jesus Christ is because they've rejected him all these years. That is why God is coming in the tribulation to bring them to their knees, send all those witnesses so that Israel can open up their eyes and accept that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus had a heavenly calling. He finished his calling on the earth and then he went to the heavens. We now live to intercede for us. Then he's going to come and catch away the church. Then he's going to come and reign for a thousand years here on the earth. Then he's going to defeat Satan, throw him in the lake of fire, 
Then Jerusalem from the heavens is going to come down and we will receive the new earth and the new heavens. And all of those places are different, are different seasons where our Lord Jesus in heaven will play the pivotal um, and, and the, the significant part in this. So his work never ends. And all of this he does for us. And then we have a heavenly call. I want to read what it says here. This heavenly call. It means, this word call, listen to what it means. It says, it is a specific and a special invitation from God that goes out to those only who receive it through Christ. Here is the thing, brothers and sisters in Christ. We have received an invitation from God to go to the heavenlies. This is God's will for us. God has made a way and a place for us to go into the heavens. He's inviting us. The way how we live here on the earth will determine our response to that. You see, God invites us from heaven by sending His Son. God invites us to heaven through His Son. And when we go up to that heavenly calling, there are wonderful things that await us. You may wonder what is this calling of God? What is this calling that is in the heavenlies for us? And we will mention a few things shortly. But listen, we have to understand this. Firstly, this heavenly calling, it comes from God and God alone. Through Christ and through Christ alone. This heavenly calling is holy because right here in this word, God addresses it. It says, it says there, Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Where is your state of holiness? Here is the truth about holiness. We can never be holy by ourselves. It is only through Christ that we are made holy. Christ is the example. Do we live as Christ the example? Can Christ the example be seen in us? Because therein we reflect the holiness of this calling that is upon us. This calling is intertwined with the earthly calling. The earthly calling is temporal. The heavenly calling is permanent. The, earth, the earthly calling is for now. The heavenly calling is for the future. The earthly calling consists of physical blessings. The heavenly calling consists of spiritual blessings. Everything we're doing right now is temporal, but it is in preparation for that which is to come. Whatever you re receive from God is so that you can walk this life in total victory through Christ. And in this way, you prepare yourself to go unto the heavens. God wants us to go there. He has prepared a place. That is why Christ paid the price, because that offer was received. So we no longer live with looking how things are in this world. This world has got nothing on us if we are in Christ because those are the words that Christ spoke and said this world has got nothing on me because we are no longer living for ourselves it is Christ in us that hope of glory we are preparing for the heavenly calling which Christ has prepared for us hallelujah that is our destiny there is a future that we are planning here and we have to become that future focused we have to take our eyes of what's happening out there in the world look at what God's word says look at the things which God has for us because if we change our focus on that we get sucked into the things of this world and we will become discouraged and we will speak those negative things hope will be lost and this is exactly where the enemy wants us but you know there are certain characters in the Bible who lost their heavenly calling Cain was one. 
God says he rejected him because his offering was not by faith. Esau missed his heavenly calling because he despised his birthright. Saul missed his heavenly calling because he was disobedient to God to kill that Amalite king and all the other Amalekites and everything within it, he was disobedient. The Israelites lost their heavenly call because in the desert, God says, and you read in the same chapter, God says, because of their disobedience, they've missed it. Judas missed his heavenly calling. Judas was saved. Let's clarify this first. Judas was saved when he walked with Jesus Christ. He didn't have the devil in him. He, did, he wasn't the servant of Satan when he walked with Jesus Christ. How can our Lord Jesus Christ send out Judas to go and pray for people, deliver them and heal them if there's a devil in him? Judas was saved. Always remember this. He walked with the Lord. He was saved. But then the word says he fell by transgression. That moment when he had communion, and you read that in the book of John, the word says this. When he took the bread, it says Satan entered him. He opened the door for Satan to enter him. There are many Christians out there in the world who walked with God like Judas did. Do we think that Judas is the only one? Judas is a shadow and a type out there in the world. There are many people who walk and say that they are Christians, but they are like the Judases because the time will come when they will be tempted and they will open themselves up for Satan to come. And they are in the church. They are outside of the church. We're not even talking about those who are out in the world. This is the power of that temptation that rests within the church, that we have to be so awake and so alert because of this, because this is the work of the enemy that wants to rob us from a heavenly calling. There are many others who've lost that heavenly calling. We cannot let our earthly calling be lost because of what we do on earth and give it all away. A very expensive price was paid for that. The life, the life of someone, and not just someone, he who is the Son of God, a life was given. We didn't have to give anything. It cost us nothing. And all God asks is faith. Trust that what the Son did, that He is the Son of God, the Lord of our salvation, that we may say we live in Him, which is Christ. We live and move and have our being in Him. This is the power of what the earthly calling brings concerning the heavenly calling. The heavenly calling, we receive the following. Listen to the beauty of what God word, God's Word says, of what we receive in the heavenly calling. It says, we receive a seat at the marriage supper lamb, the marriage supper of the lamb. We receive an invitation. In other words, you and I are invited to have a seat at that table. It is booked already because of our faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. That you find in Revelation 19, 6 to 9, and also in the Gospels. We receive crowns. I can't believe I'm going to receive crowns, but we're going to receive crowns. I know the women love it because they love the jewelry, but all of us are going to receive crowns. God is going to give us crowns. And that you find in Revelation 4, verse 10. We are receiving an inheritance incorruptible. Nobody can take it away from you. And the proof of that is that God says in His Word, the Holy Spirit is the proof of a future inheritance, an incorruptible inheritance that will never be taken away. You know, when you inherit something incorruptible, it means it's yours now for the rest of your life. Nothing can take that away. We receive to be in heaven with our Lord Jesus Christ. When the church is raptured, He meets us in the air, and we go with him. He leads the way. 
and we're going to appear before the judgment seat and the crowns will be given unto us by the works that we have done, not to get into the heavens, but because we've loved him and received Christ as Savior. This is what we're receiving. We are getting to see God in the heavens. Revelation 22, 4 to 5. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. We will see God. We will be seated with Christ in the heavenlies, Ephesians 2, 6. And we were raised up together and he made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are called to royalty, to reign and to serve God. Revelation 5, 10. And he have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. And when we come back as the bride with Christ, we are going to reign on the earth for a thousand years. We are going to reign. And you're not going to reign over nothing. God is going to give you things to reign over. So we must better know this. Get ready for this. Get yourself ready because you are going to reign with Christ. He will be on the seat. He will be the head from Jerusalem. And we will reign with him. And this you find in Revelation 26. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him a thousand years. If we don't get this right on earth, we are going to forfeit our heavenly calling. It is here on the earth that we have to get it right. It's the only place we can get it right. So here's the question. Are we still that same person we used to be before we got saved? Do we still talk the same talk? Do we still watch the same movies? Do you still listen to the same music? Where's the change? Where is the change that we experience in the earthly call so that we can qualify for the heavenly call? What about us have changed that the world can see and where the proof of that is out there in the world? Because this is what God is asking of the body of Christ, of the church, in the hour that we are in. Because we are going to do what God's word says. When one person is going to lead one person to Christ, it is going to be the next. One shall leave a thousand, two shall leave ten thousand. It's working in the order of multiplication. In other words, as we deal with the enemy and destroying the works of the enemy in multiplication, so the works of God works in that same order of, 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 of multiplication. That's how God works. This is how it works through us. This is what is awaiting us. And you know when our heavenly calling is starting? The moment we are taken into the air with Christ. Because then we would have completed our journey here on the earth. Just as Christ, our Lord, had to complete His earthly calling before He could commence with His heavenly calling, so we too have to finish our journey here on earth. Then when the church is raptured into the heavens, we meet up with Christ and our heavenly calling starts. I close off with this concerning the rapture of the church. Have you ever thought about this? When the rapture comes, there will be no evidence of salvation on the earth. There will be no Christian. There will be no saved person. All the saved people are gone Everyone who's left behind, unsaved. 
Have you thought of that? And let's make it simple, because it's not difficult to get to this. Eight billion people in the world. According to their stats, 2.5 billion Christians in the world. That's already a third that's going to heaven. Two thirds are staying behind. But even within the Christian community, you can't say that 2.5 billion are really saved, because that figure of 2.5 billion includes all kinds of false cults, sects, and, and religions which, which do not profess that Jesus is the Son of God. They do not profess that He came in the flesh. They do not believe that He's the only way to the Father. So let's just take another billion of that because that's essentially what many of these religions constitute to. 1.5 billion out of 8 billion. That's less than 20%. 80% of this population is going to stay behind. 80%. What are we doing? Here's the question for you. Are you absolutely sure you're part of that 20%? Are you so sure? Because now I want to talk plainly. You are not going to be saved and go to the heavens because what your teacher taught you or what your parents taught you. You are not going to be raptured or be going to the heavenly calling if you believe what your tradition tells you. You will only go to the heavens because of what you believe this book says. This and this alone. Where do you stand? 20% or the 80%? And I'm being generous with 20%. Because the heavenly calling is awaiting us. Do you not think Satan wants to take that from us? Do you think he's been successful? Oh, you bet. What is left? 20%. 20%. I like what the world calls it. The world calls it about Pareto's law. It says that 20% of the people does 80% of the work. 20% Christianity can change the whole world. That's the power that lies in us. Our heavenly call depends upon that. And now I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads because I want you to contemplate this thought. Where do I stand concerning this heavenly calling. Can I truly state today that I believe and have done what God's word says, where he says, if I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and I believe in my heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, then it says I shall be saved. There's a qualification. But you can't just confess it. You have to believe it. Because where is the evidence of that confession? Are there any people in your life that you're holding a grudge against? People that have hurt you and harmed you that you walk in unforgiveness towards? Once again, I'll speak plainly. You're not going to go with the 20%. We have to make right tonight. This is an invitation for us to make right. Because there's one thing in this church we will never let go of. We will never let any person walk out here without giving them that opportunity to make right with God. You cannot walk out here being indecisive and unsure about that. It is time that we make right. So those of you who believe you need to make right, I want you to raise your hands for me there wherever you are because you are so precious that we want to, we want to know who you are. We want to make sure that you're part of that 20%. I see a, a thank you, thank you, praise God. There is a hand, thank you, thank you, we see there. Thank you, praise God. This is not something that needs to be dragged out. You either know or you don't know. 
Do you believe really who Christ is concerning His Word? Do you really trust that? If you are unsure, this is my last invitation. If you are unsure and you want to make right to God and you've never made that confession, please raise your hand for me wherever you are. We never want to let this opportunity go. Okay. We are good for the night. It seems the hand that was up is, is down. Okay, whilst your heads are bowed down, I want you to think of this. I want us to say this all together because we will not let this opportunity go by. And let's say this confession after me. Let's say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you we confess our sins and we ask forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. We confess that Jesus is Lord of our lives. We believe in our hearts that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Write our names in the Lamb's book of life and fill us tonight with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.